we're going to continue in our study of Philippians. And there's at the end of this chapter, as we read through it, Paul actually says, now this is, I'm, te- I'm telling this to those who are mature. But those of you who don't quite get it, he goes, just give God time, you'll get it. So let us consider that some of the things, because he is going to push us. In fact, the very things that Paul was dealing with in the church, the church is dealing with today. It has different names. It calls it a few different things, but hopefully I'll be able to pull it together and show you the comparison of what Paul was dealing with and the instruction that he gives the church so that we end up winning the prize. You see, it's not about being found right. It's not being seen as correct. But he blows past all of that. He says, that stuff doesn't matter. What we're really about as a church is that we win the prize to someday. He goes, I don't understand it. I don't really, I can't give you every little dot and you've drawn the lines right now. But what I know I'm going to do is I'm going to set a path that I experience what Jesus experienced, the resurrection, to make it to heaven. And a lot of times because life presses, pushes in on us so often that we, we think just to get to the end of the week is our victory. Maybe just to be able to pay off the house, that's our victory. Those are wonderful, wonderful things in our life. But that's not why we live and exist and have our being. And so often, as life gets busier and there's this conflict against this conflict, this thought against this thought, and all these things are happening, somehow it gets on us that we forget what the prize is. And so today, in Philippians chapter 3, we get to take a fresh look at this. Are you with me? Now, at the end of this, and, and I want to tell everyone who's watching, it's hard to, to get to your home what's going to happen here today. At the end of this, the band is going to help me because there was a song that was written some years ago that actually I believe was taken from Philippians. I can't, but the, some of the lines in it. And there's, there needs to be a response, a physical response from us if you find yourself in this situation, this struggle that the Philippians were in, that Paul was trying to instruct them to get through, to get over the hump, to get a new view of how to live this life outside of all the conflicts, and all those who want our attention, all those people who want us to act a certain way, to be socially acceptable, to be seen on their side. So, Let us start. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again. And we've seen in chapter 1 and chapter 2, he keeps saying, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. That is an outward expression of where your hope is and what you're thankful for and who you're thankful to. To rejoice in the Lord. And we just did that in worship. And it is a safeguard to you. 
See, when you rejoice in the Lord, you're changing the, 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 you, what chemicals are working in your body from being depressed. You're releasing hope, expression of hope. So verse 2 goes, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those who, they, they twist, they mutilate what you believe in. They mutilate your flesh. You see, there was this group called the Judaizers, and what they would do is they would follow Paul around. As soon as Paul would leave, they would follow in behind Paul, and they would say, hey, you know, here's how to, here's how to make Christianity acceptable. Culturally, you need to practice the Jewish law. You get circumcised in your flesh because in the New Testament it says, no, we're circumcised in our heart. We're led by the Spirit. But these Judaizers came along and says, listen, here's socially how you can be accepted among us, that you follow the societal rules. You line up with what we tell you is acceptable for your faith. This is it. You follow all these, these the, how you wash your hands, what meats you eat, the days that you go to church. So, but in reality, a physical ritual, they're saying a physical ritual can fix it for you. It's the spiritual answer. And that is exactly the opposite of what Christianity is. Since you're saved by faith. That we're living in a world of optics over substance. If, if you know, just do this. Be found out. Say these words. Don't say these words. Wear this. Don't wear that. And... That's going to be acceptable. If you could just say that, then, then it's more important than any substance. I find it interesting that when, when all this stuff happened, they're going, well, what's the church's statement on this? What's the church's statement on it? I was going, well, I think what the, we've been doing for the last 10 years, uh, the church has spent thousands of dollars and uh, thousands of hours of of going into underprivileged elementary schools and middle schools and teaching young girls to have a voice. It's called the Lovely Project. But, you know, it's just like people, because we're raised this way, we go, what's your statement? I'm going, what are we doing? What are we doing? Have you forgotten that? Have you not seen that? That's where our heart is, is to touch underprivileged kids. And doesn't, we're not looking at any color or anything like that. It's just, listen, these are girls, especially girls, to give them a sense of being, a voice. But we, have, we live in this world that's telling us, no, give us an optic. We don't care about substance. That's exactly what Paul was fighting with the Judaizers. This isn't in it. The issue itself seems secondary if it looks or you sound or say the right words or stand up or you go to church on the right day. It's about image and impressions, symbols, and myths. 
It is the power of superficial over substance. Now remember, Paul is referring, he's going, because I'm talking to the mature. If you don't get it, just give God time. But follow, just imitate those that you see doing it. Keeping the appearance of Judaism. Make it socially acceptable. That's what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees, were, they weren't the law. They were a group of people that were, they were seen as the ones who were above everyone, who were above reproach. And so whatever they said, you had to do or you would be shamed. The Pharisees. Well, they made it socially acceptable according to their rules. Self-righteousness, social superiority, and we face the same thing. So, you know, so let's just take, take some of the issues. It goes, you know, keep the statues, tear down the statues, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. White privilege, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, fund the police. All these issues like, so you've got to stand somewhere or you're going to be accused by this side. And if you've got to stand somewhere, you're going to be accused by this side. What is socially acceptable? Is anyone else feeling that pressure? Is it just what I'm seeing? And Paul's going to tell us the answer. Not that it's easy, because he even says, I haven't achieved this myself. But you know what I do? I'm, I'm going towards that. I have a focus. The title of this, this, this chapter that I, I put on there is Let It Go, Focus. Let it go. Focus. Those of you who have small children or grandchildren, when I say let it go, what comes to mind? Elsa. Let it go. Let it go. And Paul is saying the same thing. He says, you're not going to make it to the end if you don't let something go and focus on something else. Well. Those of you who are familiar with Seinfeld says, who won't wear the ribbon? <laughs> it's like there was this, you have to wear the ribbon. And that made everything right. It says, who won't wear this ribbon? It's like, and, and that's what's, what's being shouted. It says, who won't say this? Point him out to me. That's not changing the world. We are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life that we might live with him forever. That's why I live. That's my statement. Now I do want to say there are real problems. There is real racism. I'm not denying that. There's real evil, real hatred, real injustice. And the answer to these things is, is a God that saves through the person and the works of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. But we are led to believe by what we see and hear that it's either politics or social reform or both that's going to fix it. They're saying it's the optics. I want to be the next optic. I want to lay my hands on someone. See him to save. See him healed. I want to be that optic. 
that they see the Lord Jesus Christ. Not me wear a mask or stand up for a statue or tear down a statue. I vow if I go to any of these walks that are supporting a good cause that I want to pray for somebody at that place. I want to take Jesus with me. If, if, I, if, if I go to some walk in this county or that city, if I go there and do not shout out the purpose of God, I did nothing. I did an optic that is being preached by earthly values. My eyes are all blurry. I can't see if you're with me or not. It gets better because Paul is going to tell us exactly how to achieve this. What substance looks and acts like. Where the real answer is. Verse 3. For it is we who are circumcised. Our heart is cut. It's made tender. We who serve God by his spirit. Who boast in Christ Jesus. And who put no confidence in the flesh. Because though I myself have reason for such confidence. He's got to poke. He's got to poke us in the eye right here. Paul is great for poking. If someone else thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh. Oh, here's the reasons why we're doing this. Here's the reason I can say this. Here's the reason why you have to be and believe and do what I do. Because I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Number one, you know what he just said? His heritage. This is my heritage. This is my inheritance. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm, I am more Jewish than those Judaizers who are trying to turn you back to the law and tell you what's right. Who's telling you what their heritage is. He goes, I have heritage. I have an inheritance. I have pedigree. This is my culture. My culture. My culture is dear to me. Number two, pure lineage, his privilege. I'm a Jew of Jews, a Hebrew of Hebrews. This is my lineage. The verse goes on, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Number three, his former legalism, his optics. He is socially superior. See, he comes from such a special breed that we can't even question it because we're not a Hebrew. We're not a Pharisee. We can't even question it. His path zeal, number four. His passion. He shouted louder than anyone. In fact, he went and persecuted the church. He held people's coat as Stephen was stoned to death. You can't question that. You zeal. Who scream? We, you know what? I, the people who need think they need to be listened to 
They think the louder they scream, the more truth their cause. That's what he's saying here. Number five, his self-righteousness. He was beyond reproach. So I was, I did all the law. Can't question it. Verse seven, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost everything. I consider them garbage. He's only saying, he goes, let it go. You got to let it go. Let it go. Until you let it go, it's not going to happen. There is no further. Let it go. Take that pride and let it go. We always talk about taking your hurt and letting it go. Here he's saying, take all this stuff that your culture. I left my culture when I joined the Jesus culture. Do you know what, you know what offends you? as a believer, is when the Word of God tells you that the way you were raised and the way you think is wrong. It tells you that the hurt that you really received, you've got to let it go. There's a let it go. If not, you're stuck. I saw this post a week or two ago. Uh, a gentleman that I know. And he gets on there and says, oh, this church that I went to and then this other church, I, he was referring to us, when we first started the church because I went there when I was a teenager. And I stayed there. He was, stayed here till he was in his mid-20s. He goes, the hurt that I've received because of the leaders that never, they, they always made me feel like I wasn't enough or I didn't do enough or I was always wrong. This man is in his 50s today. Who hasn't let it go? And that may apply to some of us here. He said that, and, and this is a gentleman who started a business, sold it, was, was very successful. He said that his parents now are getting old, and they're the only ones that have ever really supported him. And he goes, when they die, there's no one. And get this. He goes, oh, don't worry. I've not left the faith. And he tops it off. He goes, of course, the, the, those years that I spent there not feeling like, you know, feeling like I, I could never do anything right. It's amazing that I can even, even cope with this life today. He's 50 some years old. His Jesus is this big. He has not let it go. And I'm, I'm telling you, I was there. None of this I saw never mentioned. 
He's never married. He's tried. His Jesus is big. Jesus can't become all in all if you don't let it go. If you don't consider it garbage. Now Paul's saying here, he goes, listen, all my Jewish privilege, all my education privilege, I was a Pharisee. I persecuted, I shouted, and had more zeal than any of you. I consider it garbage. If that is garbage, how about the hurt that you're carrying around? You gotta let it go. We're not saying it didn't happen. We're saying let it go. So to let it go, something else has to appear. There's something that we have to do even in the physical to touch this, the, the, these wounds, these things, these things that we love. The biggest struggles I've ever had with the Lord convicting me wasn't my sin. It was the culture that I grew up in that I justified was right. How many times have you heard someone say, well, that's just the way I was raised. That's called sin. You can't justify it. That's just the way I was raised. Walk away from it. It is sin nature. It is sin nature. We are, we are called to a different culture. It's called a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is a culture. And we've been called to that. And the, the more we move into a kingdom culture, we've got to leave our culture. And that's tough. That's hard to do. To change the way I think. Huh, the way I feel. We've been called to another kingdom. Let it go. And he says, here's why you let it go. I consider it garbage so that I may gain what? It is this to get that. I let it go. I let go of my privilege. I let go of my rights. I let go of any benefits, anything that I take pride in, anything that's hurt me and tears me down. I let it go because if I don't, I don't gain Christ. And the, the, this last bit, it goes, and be found, what? In him. I want you to know that this word is throughout the scriptures. All of salvation takes place in Christ. Before the creation, believers were chosen, according to Ephesians, in him. Through faith, Christians are justified, guess what? In him, Romans 5. Sealed in him, Ephesians 1.13. And throughout our life, believers are sanctified, guess where? In him. Not a teaching of him, but this whole term of in is an intimacy. It's a knowing. It's the same word as intimate with your spouse. I am in him. I'm not about him. I'm not noticing him. I'm not just following him. I am in. I am intimately connected in him. She's like that gentleman said, he goes, oh, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't walked away from the faith. Brother, 
I believe in gravity. And you really believe in gravity if something falls and hits you on the head. Whoa, man, that gravity hurts. But you know what I need to be taken with is the one who created gravity. I believe in gravity, but you know what? I've got to be in the one who created gravity. Well, it can't be it can't be Christ and something added. It is Jesus alone. Jesus alone. Our trust is found in him. This is intimacy. So in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him. If I'm going to just said in him was life. And if I'm going to have that life, where do I have to be? In him. For in him we live and move and have our, not just faith. It doesn't say in faith. It says in. An intimate relationship. Let me drive this home a little bit more. If your wife or your husband, who you love, this is just a reminder, on a good day, okay, if they left, if you're going, oh, I'm so sad they left, it's like a part of you left. A part of you left. There's an emptiness because you are in them. They were a part of who you are. You're in them. That's why death is, is so devastating. That's it. You won't see them again until glory. If you're not in him, you don't have your being. You don't know it. And, and this isn't something you do once. It's we 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 recommit, we, we have new revelations throughout your life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Wow. Going with the verse, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. I want you to know the law is mechanical. It's mechanical. Oh, the law says this, I have to do that. That which is through faith in Christ. But that which is, that no, in Christ is intimacy. It can't be a mechanical thing. And there's too many of us who look at the Bible and say, oh, that's the law. Oh, it's so far past that. There's an intimacy to be in Christ. And guess what? Some of you, okay, we're talking about the mature, but you know, we're going to take time today. I told the band, I said, listen, you're coming out here. We're singing a song that I believe was taken out of Philippians, was inspired by chapter three. I said, I don't care where I am in the message, you're coming out and you're doing it. So I need them to come out right now. I'm going to read through this. Is that okay with you? So. We need the band to start making its way out here because I'm going to go through this. It's more important that we receive the truth of this than, than we're taught the truth. To be, to, to be found in him. 
said, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow obtaining to the resurrection of the dead. Somehow, I don't get it, but I'm, I'm going that way. I don't know it all. That's faith. I don't know it all. Too many of us are going, I got to know it all before I can believe in it. That's not faith. Not, have, not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at it. My goal. But I press on. That's a focus. What's your, I'm going to focus. I'm going to press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brother and sister, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, what's that? That's focus. One thing I do. Wow. Forgetting what is behind, let go, and strain towards what is ahead. I press onward to the goal. Win the prize of which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of this then, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if someone points, if all on this, 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 if you don't get it, he's just going, if you don't get it, if you think differently, if on this, this one point, because that too will God clear to you. He'll make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what you've already obtained. That's, that's tough enough. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as your model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again with tears. You see why I always cry? I'm like Paul. <laughs> with tears. Many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. You can go ahead and put it on small groups. I'm going to stay up here. I'm going to invite, if, if, if you feel that you've let the Pharisees of this world to be socially accepted who've done this and done that and said it's worthless to what our goal and what we've been called to do. Allow this to touch you. you. Worship the Lord at your seat if any of you during the worship wants to come up here and put yourself at the altar. Please do so, but know that Paul has told us how to deal with all those voices trying to make us socially acceptable when he says you need to be accepted by one the Lord Jesus Christ who is returning for us 
Some of you have to renounce your culture and say it's garbage. You thought it was hard to, some of us is hard to renounce our pain, much less our culture. Go ahead.
Father, nothing, nothing compares to the promise that we have in your Son who is obedient unto death and was the first raised from the dead. Father, the one who calls us his trophies. Father, we consider anything that we've done in the flesh as garbage compared to the wonders of you. The wonders of your hand and that which you've called us to. Lord, we put we put our eyes, our focus on that which you've called us to. Letting go of the past. You are everything, are all in all. And as the Apostle Paul says, not that I know or have achieved it, but this one thing I do, letting go of the past and pressing forward to what you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a great hand. Thank you, Father. <laughs>